Thank you for listening to this DuPont Media production, available on all major podcast platforms. This is Rod Peterson On Demand. Now, we are airing in Boston, Chicago, New York, Philadelphia, Washington, D.C. How about that? Washington, Oregon, Idaho, California, Arizona, Colorado, Oklahoma, Florida, Mississippi, Alabama, Georgia, South Carolina, Tennessee, Kentucky, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Indiana, Vermont, Maine. I've been everywhere, man. (laughs) This is the Rod Peterson Show. All right, welcome everybody to the RP Show. It's hour two of your favorite daytime sports and entertainment talk show. We are coming your way. (laughs) What a day, what a day. First day back at Great Eagle Resort and Casino. I got to tell you. Hey, Dion. Head of security. Hey, they're all happy to see us, they say. Guys, they've hit refresh three times on this laptop, okay? So I don't know what we're going to need to do. So this could be a real wild rocket and rolling. Hit it again, Rally. They say keep hitting it. So, yeah, I was down here real bright and early this morning setting up the gear to get ready to broadcast this show on national television and YouTube, of course, and live streaming at rodpeterson.com. And it finally worked. It worked. So I guess you just got to keep banging it. So we welcome in Riley Pollock, who I don't even know what would be the perfect introduction title for you, uh, Riles. Former intern of the RP show, or not the RP show, my old radio show. Mm -hmm. That's where it all began. Sure is. It was... uh... Seems like so long ago now, Rod. Doesn't it? Yeah. How long ago was that? Well, I've been back here for four, four and a half years now, I think. Yeah, well, there you go. And, well, life has changed a little bit considerably for us both. So, (laughs) Riley's come down here to Grey Eagle Resort and Casino, Calgary's entertainment destination, to chat all things sports with us. Formerly a Fan 960, all sports radio here in Calgary, which I was listening to a lot the last few stints we were here. But he's made the switch over to the dark side working for the Calgary Roughnecks of the NLL. That's the jacket of which uh, he's adorned in. But it, and the whole conglomerate over there. What is your job? Because there's like six sports teams under one yeah. roof there. Uh, I'm the associate digital content producer for the Roughnecks primarily, and then I'll help out with the stamps as well and might do a little bit with the Flames if they make a long playoff run here. So just uh, doing a lot of social media posts and... It's Video the new work. age, yeah. new age of sports. That's the way that it is now. And I will say this, <clears throat> by the way, award-winning sports executive Lee Genier is co-hosting Riding Shotgun with us today. He's going to be back later on this hour, and we're also going to hear from Zig Fricasi from SiriusXM NFL Radio with a lot of interesting NFL things going down. But before we talk about the items of the day, I just want to introduce you to Riley in, in this sense. I've known him for a long time. When he came and interned at the radio show for me, he was such a natural. And I don't know if I ever, t- I don't think I told you this. He very quickly after our internship came to Calgary and has never left. And I thought, this kid, I told his school, is a natural. And I feel sorry for him. Because <laughs> it's a thankless, <laughs> thankless business where you don't get rich. But I said, I think I said to you, you're going to have the most fun you've ever had your whole life. In this career, yeah. just don't expect to get rich out of it. <laughs> have you gotten rich, Riley? I have not yet. It hasn't happened, but uh, I am definitely having fun. This job change has been awesome Wait. so far. I love the team and all the people that I'm working with. And you so. said you wanted to work for a team. That yeah. was your, your goal in yeah, life. Okay. I, uh, I just like being around, you know, the because I've been in, in athletics my whole life. I just like the team atmosphere. So 
being around the Roughnecks has been a blast. They're great guys, and yeah, like I said, everyone that I'm with has been so much fun so far. So, right. Yeah. So we'll bring in the uh, viewer comments here in a minute too. But I, the topics that we've gotten to today, there are a few. And uh, I'm going to stay out of the chat for a bit because we have a guest here. We'll get to the viewer comments later. One is Austin Matthews. And I, I'm still trying to get my head around this because I didn't see this on Sports Center. I didn't hear anybody talking about this like when I was with Lanny McDonald Saturday night and Chris Walby. That Austin Matthews has scored his 50-plus goals, but it was in the back half of the season, not in the first 50-some games. So it somehow shouldn't count. Have you, have you heard this? I... When he scored 50, I saw the, oh, it was an empty net, but I think it was just kind of people, you know, ripping on a Leafs player um, <laughs> because that's fun to do and it makes the people upset on uh, the social medias, the Leafs fans. But I haven't heard anything about the 50 and 50 being a problem because it wasn't from the start of the season. I hadn't, I hadn't heard that at all. And I don't think it's a valid argument. As you said, I'm a fan of the Habs, but I can still think that Austin Matthews' accomplishment is unbelievable. I mean, we haven't seen it since Mario Lemieux, I believe, the 50 and 50, so it, it shouldn't matter when it happens in the season. He scored 50 goals in 50 games. I apologize for bringing it up again. It's the <laughs> stupidest thing that I've ever heard. Again, I'm kicking the camera here today. It's upsetting me. Now, <laughs> we did have some talks. I wasn't part of them last week, but with Game Plus Television, and they were talking about the amount of viewers out in Eastern Canada that are watching Game Plus on Rogers Cable, Videotron, East Link Cable out in the Maritimes. My gosh, there's a <laughs> literal millions of Montreal Canadiens fans out there, and we probably don't talk enough about them. Riley is one of the biggest fans of the Montreal Canadiens I know, and certainly in Western Canada. How have you dealt with this season? Given you're the typical Montreal fan, popping off on social media mm. last year, going, right, going to the yep. Stanley Cup yep. and everything, and I, I thought it was great. <laughs> but now you don't have much to say. No, not a whole <laughs> lot going on right now. Uh, I mean, I, I've liked the coaching change. I think Marty St. Louis has done a good job getting Cole Caulfield back into a groove. He's gonna, he had one goal under Dominic Ducharme, and now he's going to be a 20-goal scorer since St. Louis come in, it looks like. So there's a little bit of hope for him there because it wasn't looking so good for their first-round pick. But... It's, it's tough to watch, but since St. Louis come on, they've at least been competitive. Um, I stopped watching games for a little while there because I knew they were going to lose by five or six goals every night. And it's so, painful for yeah, you to it see. It really that. is. Um, and as a guy who's lived in Calgary for four years and been around the team and worked for Sportsnet and now in the CSEC organization, they've grown on me a little bit. So it was a lot easier to turn on a Flames game than a Habs game this year. So uh, it's... Uh, I think there's some a bright spot in the future. I think they have a lot of good young defensemen coming up, but uh, really hoping for Shane Wright maybe this year for the Habs. And if they're bad again next year and get Bedard, I won't be upset either. I think out of the two, you'd rather have Bedard. But I think so. I don't think you want to be bad again next year. Not this bad, but I'll, I'll say this. I watched the Canadians in Florida two weeks ago. And when I got back here to Gray Eagle today, Brandon, one of the top lighting staging and sound guys here like the top guy was like how was florida and i was like what can i say it's the greatest place <laughs> in the world it's the greatest place in the world but i'm very happy to be back at gray eagle obviously but yes it was amazing it's florida if you have never been you gotta go and they got they have nhl hockey down there if you haven't heard and the uh, montreal canadians were in town did you see that i i got that photo of saint louis i, I was, did i did see that, <laughs> that was pretty cool <laughs> it hey? was right in front of the rink <laughs> And they were an AHL team, Riley. Mm -hmm. That's what they are. Yeah. I mean, that particular night, they didn't have Gallagher, P. 
Petrie, Carey Price, obviously, mm-hmm. and another big name. So are they just auditioning guys for the rest of the year, or, or is that their legit team? Well, I, I guess they traded Sherratt right yeah. into Foley. So there's definitely some auditions going on. I mean, they got that Baron kid signed to a contract, uh, and he scored his first NHL goal the other night on the defensive end. So I think it's 100% just the tryout for next year. Who who can stay engaged in the game, and uh, you know, come out and give it their all as a young player. I think is what they have to do. I saw Gallagher's back now. I think, but uh, yeah, I mean. I don't see why Carey Price should come back this year, personally. But That night in the arena, I'd heard from the Montreal people that CP31, they're hoping will play one game, at least mm-hmm. one game before the end of the year. Well, time's running out. Yeah. What is the latest on that? Or have you heard anything? I know that he traveled on the latest road trip, but wasn't expected to play. I mean, I think he wants to get a game in just to kind of build some confidence towards next season, maybe. But I don't know. <laughs> if, if it was me, I'd be like, yeah, just... Take the year, recover over the offseason, come back 100% for next season. It's been tough for the Montreal Canadiens, but as I saw that night, they work hard. They clearly love their coach, and you hope the better times are ahead. But we are in Calgary, and we got some time left here with Riley. Uh, Jeff Kibilis in Winnipeg writes in, Great work, Riley. Keep up the great work and doing what you love. So that's from Jeff in Winnipeg. The Flames, the Flames, the Flames. They had lost, what, four in a row here? Did it cause any panic? Social media panic, I think, but not organizationally. I think they play the right way every night, and I think that's going to lead to wins more often than not. And some nights it just doesn't go your way. Four-game losing streak in most cities that are on a team that's probably going to win the division wouldn't be a big deal, but it seems like it was a bit of a deal on the social media here. But... I'm really impressed with this team. Obviously, Daryl has them playing the right way, and uh, I'm hoping for a long playoff run. I'm hoping that you're you're still here when uh, the Flames are in the playoffs and we can uh, see some Red Mile action, because I think I've been to three games on the Red Mile in my entire time living here. So, Is that just a playoff thing? Oh, yeah. Yeah. uh, It it turns instantly crazy down 17th, and... uh, I think the last time they were in the playoffs, they had a bit of like that Jurassic Park thing where they had the big screen set up and a bit of a beer garden. So, Well, I just wonder, listen, I've spent a lot of time here this mm-hmm. winter, as you know, and for the most part, people are incredibly excited about this team, and there has been the talk about the Stanley Cup, and we don't have a captain, so who's Bettman going to hand the cup to? <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God, don't, don't. But I've also heard those, the ones that have been around a while, hockey people, mm-hmm. here saying, until they do something in the playoffs, I'm not getting excited. How much of that are you hearing? There's quite a bit of that because they have been in the playoffs with this core before and haven't really been able to do much. But I just, it feels different under Daryl. They haven't played, there's not very many games this year where they've, you know, their effort hasn't been there at least. I mean, sometimes the scoring goes a little dry, but... The effort seems to be there every single night. So, I don't know. I It feels different this year under Daryl. And I know uh, the last time they were there, right from about the All-Star break on, it seemed like they started slowing down a little bit, but they had built enough of that point lead from the first half of the season that they still were able to get that top spot. But then Colorado came, a young team. Kale McCarr made his debut, and they took out the Flames. So that's the last, really, besides the COVID year where it was no fans and all that and it was the bubble we haven't seen this team in the playoffs since then so i think people have the right to be a little bit skeptical but 
for me, it's different because Daryl's there, because they have that veteran presence there in more of the bottom six. And Jacob Markstrom's here now as well. The kid can talk. We just wanted to point out that it was 11-11 Mountain. Can you hit it, guys? 1-11 Eastern. So we're clearly on the right path, and that includes you, Riley. <laughs> Thank you. We do have to mention that... Oh, a couple things. Uh, Darren, regarding his daughter having the surgery, can I find the comment here? Thank you for your well wishes, Rod. Uh, the girl is tougher than her dad. 24 screws, a number of plates, and a new jaw. We waited three years, but it's now behind her. So that was one of our viewers that was mm -hmm. checking in from Boston last hour. I just wanted to mention that. I'm so proud of her and you, Dad, for helping her get through that. Uh, so, Riley, you have the Roughnecks coat on. Mm -hmm. We got it. You know how much I love the NLL. Obviously, you do, too. I do. It was a huge weekend for the Roughnecks. It sure was. A needed weekend for the Roughnecks. Yeah, the... At least a win against Panther City was kind of the thought around here to uh, stay in that playoff spot because they were right behind the Roughnecks. But to beat Halifax, who's a very good team, and then, I mean, just crush Panther City. And both games were here? Yeah, back-to-back -back nights. First time in Roughnecks history that we've had back-to-back -back home games. 14-4 um, to four over Panther City on Saturday, and it was, it was a beating. <laughs> and they've... They've been playing well, the longest uh, win streak in the NLL right now at four games, and it's looking like as long as they win one of the last three here that they'll be in a playoff spot. And when I when I first came to the team at the start of March, it, it was a little bit... They're almost out of it. Yeah, I believe they're four, five, and one, I think, since the beginning of March. So it's, uh, it's a big turnaround, and it's just like 2019. I was covering the team for Sportsnet 960 that year, and they were six and seven at one point, and then just went on a run. I think they lost like two games, including playoffs the rest of the way and won the championship. So don't want to get too ahead of myself, but it's a young team that has seemed to have found their groove. And it's, it's been fun to watch since I've been here. We have to bring Lee in next segment, and we'll talk a little bit more about this. A guy that was the president of the NLL champion, Saskatchewan Rush. But I went to the St. Patrick's Day game between Saskatchewan and Calgary and went down to the last minute. Huge crowd. I almost feel like the NLL is this niche sport, yet junior hockey's a niche sport. Mm -hmm. Curling's a niche sport. They don't draw huge crowds. The NLL's into the tens of thousands. You know, like, yeah. but, it, but yet it still seems like a secret. Yeah, it... I don't get it. Is it growing? It must it, be growing. It is definitely growing, and I think it's growing around North America. You see all the expansion teams that are coming to the NLL. Vegas coming next year. That'll be a fun one. Um, but <laughs> yeah, it's... We get, you know, right around that eight to 9,000 mark every night, and it's loud. It's loud Very in that building. Loud. It's... I mean, our slogans come for the party, stay for the game. So uh, it's, it's fun in there. Uh, I've never heard someone have a bad time at a lacrosse game. I mean, it really is just a party, and I think more people need to go out and see it because... I've fallen in love with the sport since I started covering it for Sportsnet in 2019 and jumped at the opportunity to work directly with the team. So it's, it's a really, really fun sport to watch live. And I think it is growing for sure. I mean, let's get into, we have one home game left, hoping to get into the 10,000s for that well, of one course. on uh, April 30th. Well, that's the point is if, if you go, Lee knows that that's how I got hooked. He was just, come give us a try. Mm -hmm. And I was in right from the jump, from the very first game. But what I don't get is, I would assume it's the same people that go to Flames and Stampeders game. I would assume. Yet they go to these NLL games, and it, they're dancing in the seats, and they're, you know what I mean? They're, it's, 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 it's a, a party. environment. What makes them do diff act differently? Well, I think it's, 
I think it's the way we pitch it. I think that it maybe is a little bit different of a crowd. The tickets is it? Little, I, I wouldn't know. Yeah, the, the tickets are a little cheaper probably than a Flames game. So uh, I think you can spend a few more on. Uh, Wobbly pops. Yes, some of those things. And uh, I think the music playing the whole game and, you know, our announcer hyping up the fans as the play's going on, I think it just creates a bit more of that party atmosphere uh, at lacrosse games. And I know that SAS does a really good job as well. At yeah. It. So, uh, yeah, it's it's just fun to go to games. And, you know, you have, you have a lot of kids there, and then you have a lot of adults that want to party. You have a lot of people my age that are, you know, university to, like, 30 years old that go out with their friends and then go out after it just it's a party environment and it's it's a blast lee's in next to talk more about this and all the topics of the day busta riles always good seeing you we'll see you at the next game sounds good rod i'll uh, see you soon thanks for having me riley pollock of the calgary Sand peters calgary roughnecks csec joining us here at gray eagle we will be right back also on the way here an hour two zig for from sirius xm nfl radio in new york you're watching the RP Show on the Game Plus TV network, live streaming on YouTube, and wherever you find the best podcast, you'll find us, including Apple, Stitcher, and Spotify. Head to YouTube.com slash The Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. Beautiful day in the foothills. This is a good look at Great Eagle Resort and Casino, the gateway to the foothills on the Satina Nation. And we're back on this Monday, episode number 735, the first of a four-week stint here at Great Eagle Resort and Casino. So we're settling in, and we're going to have a heck of a lot of fun as we welcome back in award-winning sports executive Lee Genier on the program today. He's co-hosting for the Moose, who's in Hawaii. Do we know how many days you're going to be here, Lee? You know, Please I'm, tell me I'm, every day. I'm here as long as you need oh, me. Go, oh, I love it. I like to hear that. Be careful what you wish for. Hey, we have a clarification on the Chuck Wagon personnel. Can we... Uh, yeah. You want to mention... There's four Chucks and two Outriders. Four horses. So, yeah, four four horses. Well, six horses because there's uh, uh, four, four. four on the Chucks and two Outriders. So, so you were right. Yeah. In a way, you could say that he was right. Four... Four hitched up to the wagon, two outside. And I love the fact that the Calgary Stampede people were watching the program. Yeah. Probably on Game Plus team. Nine, nine heats a night and 27 chuck driving. Cool. So Tuesday night, we're going to the tarp auction, which I've never been. I assume you've been to it for years. For years, yeah. Where do they do it? Uh, right at Stampede. Mm, right down my alley. Hey, a sports update, by the way, before we go any further. Vladdy Guerrero and the hot-hitting Toronto Blue Jays open a four-game set at Yankee Stadium today. Tonight, 7.05 Eastern first pitch. Vladdy smashed a 467-foot homer and a 12-6 loss to Texas on Sunday, the longest home run of his career. There's just one game in the NHL tonight as the last place Montreal Canadiens host the Winnipeg Jets. This is very close to a friends and family game that only friends and family care. Habs coming off a 3-2 loss to Toronto on Saturday. The Jets beat Ottawa 3-2 last night. The Raptors will face their Atlantic Division leading or Atlantic Division rival Philadelphia 76ers in round one of the NBA playoffs. The best of seven series will begin in Philly on Saturday. And uh, after making the cut at the Masters, Tiger Woods says he plans to go to St. Andrews in mid-July 
and play the British Open. It's unclear if he'll play anything before then, including the PGA Championship in May and the U.S. Open in June. This sports update for Dubnetwork.ca, your number one source for Western Hockey League breaking news and analysis. And for Ben Cahoon's G2G Protein Bars. They're the best you'll ever have. They are nutrition coach certified. They've got the stamp of approval. And you can order yours at g2gbars.ca using the promo code RPSHOW. So, Lee, I'm sorry to make you sit through all of that, but a couple things came to mind as I was reading that. One, somebody said on Twitter, I can't remember who it was, how odd it was not to have any reference whatsoever to Phil Mickelson this weekend. Obviously, he wasn't in the Masters field. He wasn't even mentioned. He's been canceled. Does Phil ever find his way back? I'm sure I'm sure he will. I mean, obviously, his comments about the Saudi Golf League has put him in the uh, penalty box of golf. <laughs> He's in the sin bin right now. Does so. he get out? Uh, he will at some point. I mean, it's Phil. It's Phil Mickelson. So he will. They're just trying to make a point. His, uh, I think, is anybody else that wants to talk out about joining any other leagues. So, um, you know, the PGA is uh, a massive entity, right? So they're just... Hey, they're just doing what they're doing. Yeah, well, sometimes I think, despite me stumbling and bumbling my way through life and just having my own focus on sports, which is hockey, football, for the most part, getting into a little more NLL, I actually think that I bring a little bit of a perspective of clarity on things sometimes on these other... Well, golf isn't a niche sport. It's a huge sport. It's just not really my sport. But Phil didn't say anything bad about the PGA. No, not at all. What am I missing? You know, it was all this, you know, because the PGA is so proprietary. Um, you know, they just talked, you know, about going away from it a little bit and playing. Just merely playing. suggested it. Yes. And he's been canceled. And he's been canceled. Lost his sponsors. Wow. Be careful what you say. Uh, it's a brave new world. It's actually not brave at all. No. It's the anti-brave. It's the anti Yes, right? Oh, my goodness. But I don't need to sit and tell everybody how happy we are with this program, being able to do what we do and change on a dime and pivot and say what we want. It's the best. I see my cousin has checked in, Christine, in Medicine Hat. Hey, Chris, I waved at you on my way through Medicine Hat yesterday in the world's largest teepee there. They need to get less lights. It takes four hours to get through Medicine Hat. When's the last time you drove through Medicine Hat? Uh, I don't know, about 25 years ago. There's like a million traffic lights. You would agree. They need to fix the traffic in Medicine Hat. Lovely town, bad traffic flow. Uh, Chris, no, Randy from Winnipeg wants to know, how about an RP show tarp? And before you say anything, we've had auto race cars, stock cars, with the RP show logo on them. And they look amazing. I can show you some photos. What does it take to get a tarp on the Calgary Stampede chuck wagon races? Well, bring your wallet. Okay. Dupes. Dupes. Wherever you are, we might buy a tarp tomorrow for, I don't know, a couple million bucks. What do they roughly go for? Oh, they range anywhere from, I don't know, 50000 to 200000 per per chuck you know so wow so it'll be a barometer of you know i think the the most all the chucks have went for about 4.2 million so somebody can maybe help us out on this because clearly i don't know but ted and red Deer says does anybody know if phil mickelson's back to defend his pga title next month 
Remember that last year. What a story. 50-year-old Phil Mickelson waving to the crowd. A year later. <laughs> Great game, crappy business, as they say. Wow. Do we know? I don't think we do know, but... You know, if Tiger could come back from all of his controversy, I'm sure Phil could come back. Um, who would have thought that we would get into all this golf talk? And again, I didn't see the Masters final round because I was driving. I was listening to it on satellite radio, and it is kind of cool to listen to golf on the radio. But they said that Tiger had a he was noticeably limping as the weekend went along. Did you see that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean... At one point, he was looking at a prosthetic leg, so that's how bad the injury was. So, it was bad. So, and that's you know mentally, you know it's going to take him a while to get back where he needs to be. Was it sad in a way to see him limping that way, or was it uh, inspirational in a well, way to see him limping? You know what? I think it's inspirational. He, you know, here's a guy that's been through so much controversy. A terrible accident, and he's back on on the course. So, you know, I if anybody thought he was going to come out and win, I think that was a fire stretch. But uh, you know what? <clears throat> After two rounds, I think he was three over. So, I mean, that is uh, you know pretty respectable for for coming off of what he was. So, should we ever have expected that he might have won the tournament? I don't think so. I, I don't think that he was in a spot, right? I mean, I think he's got to get back into a groove and play some more, and that will come, right? That will come. Even if he's just playing the majors, um, I think he needed to probably get the monkey off the back because he's had so much controversy. So, you know, that's... Just that's, a great story. Yeah, yeah. it really is. So, uh, Checking in from our viewers... Jack in Vulcan, Alberta. Les McIntyre is a friend of mine. Is the announcer for the wagons for over 25 years. You must know Les McIntyre. I know, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Zach Nelson, good morning. Sorry I'm late. As <laughs> he checks in, one of our viewers, he says, I had some personal training book this morning. Well, thank you, Zach, for letting us know. He says, welcome back to Calgary. And one more, Wayne in Victoria, B.C. I'm so happy that the RP show isn't politically correct. LOL. Not as happy as me. Trust me. But as I've said, we don't come on here and MF people. We don't swear. We don't drop F-bombs. We just talk sports the way it used to be. And people seem to like that. Now, having said all of that, I just, for the CFL people, and Lee is like me. He's a literal decades-long CFL guy. We should talk about the fact that Touchdown Atlantic's coming up in July. It's right the same weekend as Calgary Stampede, and I think that we're going to be here Calgary Stampede, and there's nowhere else that I'd rather be. I've never been to it. But this talk coming out of Atlantic Canada with uh, Toronto facing Saskatchewan on July 16th has spawned now more talk of expansion. And there's a few things going down in the CFL. How much of it have you been following that? Between that and the four downs vote, supposedly? Uh, yeah, on top of it all. Are you? Yeah, absolutely. So what do you think? Are we going to have this 10th team? Or is Zambrosi uh, blowing smoke? I, you know, I think it's a long way from... I think there's bigger things they got to get in order before having a 10th team. I mean, I think they had to kick at the cat um, in Halifax. I mean, is it there? Uh, I haven't seen anything that's even concrete that they'll have a team there, right? Great to talk about. I think you should always be talking about expansion because it's growing your league, right? So um, I, I would hope it's there, but I don't think that it's anywhere that it needs to be right now. No. Well, that's what I see. And the problem 
one of the problems that I have with the Canadian Football League is they withhold so much information and you worked on the inside so I think you know what I'm talking about for instance when I had players DMing me back in the day two years ago saying Rod are we going to play are we not going to play I need to make a decision on my life am I going to get a job and I'm like well I don't know guys it doesn't look like you're going to play but then you find out that the government's donated to the CFL 60,000 free COVID tests for use. That if they'd had to pay for those, there was no way that they would have been able to do it. So you can't make a judgment on much of what you see because so much of what's really going on, you don't see. So to say that the expansion is going to happen, I don't know. How, how could it be? But maybe they're going to throw up a 30,000 temporary stadium like they did at Empire in Vancouver, which you probably saw, and it was amazing. How do we know? We don't know. And I just feel like the other leagues don't operate that way. Am I right in that or am I wrong? No, you, you hit it on the, on the head, right? Like I said, is, uh, they have other things way up the checklist to, to take care of before I think they even start to look at another team there. Well, what things? Well, marketing, getting fans back into the stadiums that they do have. Um, you know, C CBA, um, you know, keeping players happy and, and uh, you know, <clears throat> you know, they're talking about four downs. Like, I mean, you know, this late, you know, you're a month and a half out of season is, you know, and, and, and there's talk about four downs. Like, I mean, that should have been put to bed, quashed right away, or it should have been expanded on. So, I mean, you know, all that has done is created some probably uncertainty and a lot of doubt in CFL fans' minds of where this league is going. Yeah, and uh, Ryan in New York writes in and says, expansion talk is all great because it builds interest in the league, but eventually fans are going to want more action than talk. And frankly, that's where I'm at. And I see the article at 3downnation.com where Andy and Randy Ambrosi maybe took a poke or a swipe at Arash Madani without naming him, saying Arash started all this four-down talk. And I'm like, well, I don't think so. I'm trying to follow what's going on, but I believe it first came up at Grey Cup from the commissioner himself, Randy Ambrosi, and then Arash did a little digging into it. But it's so toxic. Everybody's sh taking shots at each other. I don't believe any of what I'm hearing. Why it becomes very difficult to talk about the league. Yeah, I'm sorry. I would agree. I would agree. It is toxic. It's April 11th, and um, you know what? What good right now is coming out of the CFL? So, well, not a lot. Not a lot. Although, like you say, the snow is melting, and we'll be talking about the actual league here uh, before too long. I would hope. Any last thoughts? Boy, we did cover a heck of a lot here today. Hey, man, we, we covered it all. I think we've uh, the Jays are going to win the World Series. Raptors are going to beat the Sixers. Flames are going to One go game on. at a time, Lee. F Flames are going on a huge run. Things are good. Approved. Phil, oh. will, Phil will be back. Listen, we didn't talk Formula One. Yeah, well, yeah. We, we got a couple minutes here. Leclerc, Leclerc beautiful. I'm a huge F1, you know. Were you fan. before Drive to Survive? No. <laughs> you are. No. I'm a huge fan right here. I In the last month. I watched 40 hours of Drive to Survive, and I became a huge fan. So love it. I got to go and call it up here again, but it was the Australian Grand Prix on the weekend. The one thing is there's so much to learn about this league because I'm new to it. And then now that I'm quasi into it, people are saying, well, 
they need to fix the track so that you can pass people. It's very hard to pass and stuff. There's some really cool intricacies in Formula One racing. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, and you get to learn it all. Yeah, well, who's your favorite driver? Max. Max Verstappen. Verstappen. Yeah. Seems to be everybody's. Yeah. Did you uh, watch the race from Australia yesterday? I did. It was actually, I watched it because it, it was live at about uh, 2 in the morning. So, mm -hmm. I did. Well, I was watching it uh, from my hotel room in Assiniboia, and I just loved it. There it is. He was able to hold off Red Bull rival Max Verstappen during the opening laps and defended well mid-race under safety car conditions to pull away for a decisive, decisive 20.524 second victory. Um, that's a little like reading soccer results to me. This is like another language yeah. and that Max, I'm interested in learning. Max uh, did not finish, actually. He, he, his engine uh, overheated, caught on fire, so he was out. So. That's exciting stuff. It is. It really is. All right, Lee. Thanks for your contributions as always. Hey, man. It's, it's like I said, it's so much fun. It's the best. Yeah. We're going to New York next. Hang on. We'll be right back. You're watching the RP Show live from the Great Eagle Resort and Casino, Calgary's entertainment destination. Also live streaming on YouTube and 24-hour sports radio at rodpeterson.com. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. Back live at the Great Eagle Resort and Casino. We are in the gateway to the foothills. It's going to be a wonderful four-week stint here at Calgary's Entertainment Destination. We're going to talk some NFL now. Our good friend Zig Fracassi joins us from Sirius XM NFL Radio for a variety of NFL topics. How you doing, Ziggy? Good to see you, man. How are things in the Big Apple today? Uh, it's about 50 degrees, Rod. Doing very well here on this Monday. How you doing, my man? I'm okay. I just spent three weeks in South Florida where the Dolphins are all the hot topic. As you know, they're very excited there. And I've come to Canada for a month where they're expecting the worst blizzard in decades uh zig so <laughs> that's how i'm doing i'm doing well but i have to say this i flew out of boca raton on saturday well fort lauderdale on saturday morning and news broke shortly after about Dwayne haskins how how much has this rocked the national football league the death of the young steelers quarterback yeah it's really stunning uh, needless to say, when I first heard about it on Saturday, uh, I think I was stunned just like anybody else. Uh, here's a young man who, you know, obviously uh, things for whatever reason didn't work in Washington, was trying to make it happen in Pittsburgh. You know, we had Josh Dobbs on uh, our show yesterday and uh, was his counselor. Josh was uh, Dwayne's counselor uh, at Elite 11 when, uh, at the time when Dwayne was actually going to um, commit to Maryland, but they ultimately went to Ohio State and they remained close. And he just had, Dwayne had this infectious personality, like to see people succeed. And, you know, again, it's untimely, Rod, and my prayers and thoughts going out to the family, uh, his former teammates, his widow, uh, really rather stunning that a young man is uh, taken from us that early in life. Absolutely. Tragic, uh, the best way to say it. Ryan in uh, Saratoga, New York. If you don't mind, Ziggy can take questions. He likes taking questions. Ryan's a huge Jets fan, Zig. He says, a question oh. for you. An, in, an insider 
from The Athletic noted that a ton of NFL free agents have said no to the New York Jets. Is this true for any team in free agency? And the author is full of it, or is this true? For Ryan, I, I would say there might be an element of truth to it, simply because you look at it this way. Yeah, the Jets, obviously, you're in the number one media market in the country, but you look at the dysfunction that this organization's had over the last decade. Some would say, well, since 1969, because they haven't been to a Super Bowl since, but they've had some They've had some good years. I mean, earlier in the 29, uh, 2010s and that, they were in AFC Championship games, so there is some possibility. But I think there's just an overall sense of them not being very well run, although I'm hoping that changes now with Joe Douglas uh, as the GM. And I, and I do like Robert Sala as the coach. And hopefully the young man, Zach Wilson, uh, develops as that franchise quarterback, which essentially they – Really haven't had since Joe Namath, although you would argue Richard Todd and uh, there was Chad Pennington. There was a little bit degrees to success there, but still nothing Namath-like to that level. So long answer hmm. to the question. They probably are avoiding New York because, you know, they, they see the dysfunction in that organization. And until that changes, Ryan and Rod, uh, people probably would want to avoid the New York Jets as a free agent destination. Well, I'll tell you what. People aren't avoiding the Miami Dolphins at all. And I got to tell you how pumped they are. We have a little segment here on this show, Zig, and it's here's what they're talking about on Miami Sports Talk today. And it's all Dolphins all the time. Even when they're bad, it is. But they got a new head coach. Tyreek Hill is a Dolphin. They've been active in free agency. They're getting a thumbs up from their fans. Dolphins aren't giving this division away to the Bills. How do you feel about uh, the 2020 outlook for the Finns? 20, yeah, I mean, obviously, you know. You bring in Tyree Kill, who's obviously a home run hitter, like the, the use the baseball term in terms of uh, football there, because he can stretch defenses, uh, defenses and all that. You've already got Waddle on board, who was a first round pick. You had Cedric Wilson, who I thought was a pretty good, who was starting to come on last year with the Cowboys, but he became a little too rich in terms of money for them to keep as a free agent. You add a very good left tackle in Teron Armstead, who, you know, it's ironic, Rod. Normally, the left tackle is so coveted because he protects the quarterback's blind side. But since the quarterback is a left-hander in Miami, uh, some would view it as not as important. Still, uh, you know, left tackle is very important. So Teron Armstead, I thought, was a very good addition. They've spent the money. Their defense already was pretty good. You know, they redid Xavier Howard's contract. so. I think now, Rod, that the, there is the time to win in Miami. I mean, la, you know, they've flirted around the playoffs the last two years. They had 10 wins in 2020. Last year, you know, they started 1-7, and seven, but they, they edged themselves back into playoff contention with that huge run. I think now's the time to win, and I also think now's the time for Tua to sort of alleviate the doubts that people have and that he has to be that franchise quarterback. So optimism is high, and I think rightly so. But until you do it on the field, there's still questions to be answered. Please uh, give me the inside scoop on where Baker Mayfield is going to be playing football in 2022, and if he'll be the starter for that team. Wow, what a dynamic that that is, Rod. I mean, obviously, mm -hmm. you know, Baker is a guy, he took... 
you know, he was a top pick and uh, at times a little bit of a polarizing figure in Cleveland, but he did get them to the playoffs two years ago. Regressed last year, uh, and I think some of that was due to that injury he was playing through. Some of it looked like uh, he, quite honestly, was quite jitterish in the pocket. You wonder what was going on with him. Wow. Um, I, I, I can't see the Browns keeping him. That That's for sure, because I already... Well, it depends on what Watson, if he ultimately, if he does get suspended uh, by the NFL. You already have Jacoby Brissett on. Uh, we had Josh Dobbs on our program yesterday uh, from uh, Pittsburgh. Now he's going to be a backup there in Cleveland. So the smart money rod could say Carolina, even though there is buzz that he that they don't want him. Does Seattle entertain the thought? They really go into this season with Drew Locke as their starter, unless they draft somebody. Or possibly Atlanta. Now, yes, you already signed Marcus Mariota, who's reunited with his Titans offensive coordinator, Arthur Smith. But would they look at that as a scenario? So I, you know, there's sort of to me, Rod, a three horse race, if you will, for Baker Mayfield. Uh, we have less than a minute, but they want to know, one viewer wants to know, who you think will win the AFC West? It's become the best division in the NFL. I think we would all agree it. One of the best anyways. Who's going to come out of it, Zig? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, Denver, you had the franchise quarterback. You already have a good defense. They'll be in the mix. The Raiders, the trade for Devontae Adams, Rod, I thought was very, very good. And then, of course, you got the Chargers. You know, they they have the talent, but for whatever reason, Maybe their issues are a little bit upstairs. I'm still staying with Kansas City. To me, they're the gold standard. We saw slippages of play last year. You still have a legendary coach. You have uh, Mahomes. I mean, they have four straight AFC championship games. Um, they're hurt a little bit by Hill, but I think they're going to do a more by committee approach in terms of the wide receiver spot. Defense is still a little shaky, but still, I think when it's all said and done, Slight lean to the Chiefs. That's where I would be going in 2022. Oh, wow. Yeah, good. Well, nobody will remember by the time it rolls around, I'm sure. Zig, I've brought my satellite radio up from Florida. I missed it the last time. I forgot it the last time. I've been missing you. So I can't wait to be tuning in. Thanks for this today, my man. Good to see you. Always good to see you, my friend. Enjoy your time in Calgary. Thanks, pal. Sirius XM NFL Radio's Zig Fracassi. Back with Overtime and Taco Time viewer takeover right after this. You're watching the RP Show on the Game Plus TV network. Available all across the state of New York on Altus Cable. Also live streaming on YouTube and 24-hour sports radio at rodpeterson.com. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. Here we go. Final segment of the program. It is Overtime, proudly presented by the Four Seasons Sports Palace, your home for the UFC and the National Hockey League. And this past weekend, curling, Formula One, all kinds of things. NLL, Georgie wanted you to know. Uh, we welcome back for this final segment, award-winning sports executive Lee Genier. And you've got a question, and I have a question. My question, I'll go first. I want to hear from the viewers in Winnipeg. I have just put this on Twitter. 
Chris Walby telling me on Saturday night that we're very big in Winnipeg. Everybody's watching Game Plus TV on their TV sets there between 11 and 1 Central. With an absence of Jets playoff hockey, which it looks like the Winnipeg Jets are going to miss the playoffs, would the Winnipeg Ice, who clinched the Scotty Monroe Trophy just last night as the best regular season team in the dub, would they move or could they move their games into the Canada Life Center for the balance of the playoffs? Because from what I'm hearing from Winnipeg people is, let's get on board the ice train. It's the best team in Canada. Major junior hockey could be a long run, and I just wonder if they could do it and get 15,000 plus there. Now, speaking of playoff hockey, you think uh, we could revisit the past in Calgary. You think that might happen? I would love to see it. I mean, uh, Tell people it, what you're talking about. Oh, 2004 Red Mile. You know, probably one of the greatest spectacles in sports history. For a lot of different reasons. You know, you, and on any given night, you had 100,000 people on game nights down on the Red Mile, um, you know, and it kind of resembled Mardi Gras. I don't know, can I say boobies on TV? Absolutely. There was a lot of boobies out. So it, it, was, it was a spectacle. You know, dads taking their kids down to see all the action and, uh, you know, the energy was just unbelievable in the city. So I, I, I really hope we get there again. But I don't know how you feel about it. I mean, to me, it feels like it was a blink of an eye ago on, on this shoulder. And on this shoulder, the other voice is saying it was almost 20 years ago. Not to say that we can't get back to it, but could we get back to it? Like, I was just watching from one province over, watching the news, that the streets were shut down and the revelry and the parties of which you're talking about. Would they do it again? These are safer times, Lee, you know, and COVID's still a thing. Yeah, well, you know what? It's, the police ended up shutting it down for any future um, Red Miles. So, you know what? I think they would have to say, yeah, let's let, let it happen. Would it happen? I, d I doubt it, but, you know, there'll still be a lot of energy. Because that feels like that would be one of those lightning in a bottle things that just took off and grew oh. that you couldn't plan. Yeah, it was around the world. You know, everybody was watching this, like, the spectacle, right? So, yeah, you couldn't plan it. It was all organic. Um, I remember when I was running the stamps, like, we, we were playing games, uh, away games, at the stadium, and we were getting 15,000 people in McMahon Stadium to watch uh, road games. So. On, the, on the big screen, on obviously, big screen. yeah. You know, and it's interesting, too, by the way. Uh, John in Winnipeg says, let's do it, Winnipeg hockey fans. Winnipeg ice, great idea, Rod. I need local playoff hockey. Uh, Jeff says, probably not. Manitoba Moose playoffs will be at Canada Life Center. Okay, well, I just think it's a shame that 1,600 people is all that you can get into that arena in Winnipeg for the junior hockey. It would be very interesting if they could move them into the big rink. What do you think would happen in this town? We've seen it with the Saskatchewan Rush. You won a championship there with them. This dome gets rocking, right, when the Roughnecks got on our run, too. And they're still the defending champions, are they not? They are. Yeah, they'll, they'll pack that building in 19,000. Yeah. You know, like I know they're drawing 8, 9,000, 10,000 right now, but they go on a run and they'll, uh, it's, you know, it's a party. Is it the so, same people that go to Flames games, or is it not the same? No, people? it's a little different. It's uh, I would say a little more blue collar going to Roughnecks games than the the white collar. Let's call it going to the Flames games. But again, you get a very boisterous people dancing. You know, kids kids taking their shirts off. You know, yeah. it's fun. It's a well, lot it's of been fun. a hell of a two years, obviously, and I just I I feel like I'm hesitant to declare on this show that we're back. And I'll end this the way we started this. It just really feels like we're back.
And yet you're still seeing people put their positive COVID test photos on social media and stuff like the, the virus is still out there. But what we just don't. Yeah. What? We're moving on. We're moving on. It's in the past. Yeah. It really is. So we just got to move forward. That's all there is to it. So yes. We got to learn to live with COVID and, uh, you know, be as safe as we can. But yeah, we're moving forward. And buy your tickets and go to the games and watch these shows and. Let's get back to the way that it used to be. We are inside the final minute of the RP show today. Uh, hey, Nicholas Vela watching in Winnipeg on YouTube says, Connor Bedard is coming in Thursday and Friday. Move it then. Bedard is worth the price of gold. He's saying move the ice games in for this week. Regular season games into Canada Life Center. Bedard could do that. The record setting forward for the Regina Pats. Lee, thank you. As always, thank a ton you. of fun. We'll be seeing him throughout the week with the Moose Knot here. He's in Hawaii. Somebody's got to work. That's us. Thanks to Zig Fricasi, Riley Pollock, Lee, our entire crew, Jordan and Clark. Great job today, fellas. We'll see everybody else tomorrow at noon Eastern right here on Game Plus. Who has more fun than us? <laughs> For more Rod Peterson on demand, visit rodpeterson.com. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.